G'day, this is Mark Pesci, and welcome to Series 9 of This Week in Startups Australia. Throughout Series 9, we're asking one question. What is it that makes a startup successful? Is it a great idea, a great team, great customers? or something else altogether? This is an important question for all startups, a fundamental question. We're talking to people who have been successful and asking them how it happened. We're talking to startups on the road to success and ask them how they plan to get there. In this episode, we're taking a look at the funding the successful startup needs. Is venture capital always the right way to go, or are there alternatives, ones that make sense for the right sort of startup? We're questioning the orthodoxy of success on this episode of This Week in Startups Australia. This Week in Startups Australia is sponsored by Squarespace. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. Go to squarespace.com twista for a free trial. Twista is also sponsored by Odoo, a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you build and scale your business. Go to odoo.com slash twista to check it out. This Week in Startups Australia is sponsored by user testing. Experience what your customer experiences with user testing. Request your free trial at usertesting.com slash twista and get the fast human insights you need to make more informed business decisions at scale. Twista's production partner for Series 9 is UTS Startups, where they're equipping a new breed of startup founders by inspiring students to launch their own venture and build the foundation for a successful career. To learn more about UTS Startups, go to startups.uts.edu.au. There is a very well-established rhythm to funding a startup. There's the triple F round. Of course, that's named for family, friends, and fools. That gets you off the ground. If that goes well enough, you can go out and get a seed round, then maybe a series A and a series B and possibly a series C and maybe a few mezzanine rounds after that. That's where Canva is right now. They got a recent $79 million investment on the back of a 19 billion dollar valuation and of course if all of that has gone according to plan well then there's a successful ipo probably if you're lucky on the nasdaq not on the asx but there's also these new SPACs. we've been talking about these special purpose acquisition companies where a startup gets acquired by a shell company that has already gone public and yes that right there is very weird a public shell company But it works for the regulators, and it's yet another way for a startup to access capital in the public markets. But, and look, just just follow me for a minute here. What if all of that is just plain wrong? What then? What if your startup doesn't have the capital needs of an Atlassian or a Canva? Because those 
are the sorts of startups that basically the entire world of venture capital is set up to service. Well, almost the entire world of venture capital, because it looks like things might be changing. And one of the folks leading that change is a frequent guest and occasional host of this podcast. Matt Allen is the co-founder and CEO of Tractor Ventures. They're onto something a little bit different. Matt, welcome back to Twista. Thanks for having me, Mike. All right, let's run this like a pitch session. What is the problem with VC funding as we know it today, and what's Tractor's answer to that? Well, there's nothing actually wrong with venture capital. Uh, venture capital is a really important part of, of funding for a very specific type of company. Uh, you know, technology companies that need a lot of capital and investment to get going um, uh, need to have people involved that are uh, that are there for the long haul. Uh, the interesting thing and problem that we saw um, over the last couple of years is that not all technology companies uh, need to be venture-backed, and some founders are choosing not to take the venture-backed route. When I was uh, working at Amazon in AWS on the startup team, I met thousands of founders, and you know, one of the questions I asked them regularly was, how are you capitalized? How, how are you growing? Um, and, and venture was just not for everybody. Uh, venture is is a um, you know it's an exciting uh, it's an exciting way to, to to spin up your company. You know, we attract ventures uh, have this sort of um, thought process of the VCs do the rockets and we do the tractors. So you know, a rocket is expensive to build. It takes a long time. It's on a very large mission. Uh, and you know, when they land on the moon or Mars and the helicopters fly around the place, everybody gets very excited. However, the likelihood of that happening is low. Um, and when it doesn't work, it doesn't work spectacularly. Um, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of tech founders who feel that, you know, to be a technology founder, you either need to be venture-backed and therefore important or you're not. And we just disagree with that. So we've built Tractor Ventures and, our, and we're not, a, we're not a, a VC at all. So we do revenue-based financing. We effectively do unsecured loans for technologists. And up until now, especially in Australia and New Zealand, it's been very hard to get capital into your company without selling a share. Now, um, you know, the reason that VC works is for risky companies selling a share that's cheap today will hopefully be worth a lot in the, the future. But there's this part in the middle when companies get going and they have revenue flowing through them where selling a share may not be the smartest thing to do, uh, especially for people that are already on the cap table. If you're on a, a building a, 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 a growing company, um, and you may want to retain those shares for as long as possible. Um, that's not to say that you may not want to introduce other people to your company later on. But, you know, um, working capital is always, is always useful. And you're either going to pay for it now or pay for it later. Um, and ultimately, if you're going to be able to, if you're in a position to be able to take some debt into your company um, and use it for parts of your businesses, business that is generating revenue and you know that you can make it generate revenue, then you may want to, in fact, pay some interest now rather than sell a share and pay for it later. And that's that's how we're doing stuff. Is this similar in some sense to the convertible notes that were all the rage, say, a decade ago and are, I think are still being used? No. The reason being is um, our revenue-based financing, it is a loan. It's, it's, it, there is no ability for it specifically to convert into equity. That is not what we do. Uh, mm -hmm. We at Tractor actually do earn a little bit of equity. And when I say a little bit, I mean 1%, 1% to 2%, so a tiny fraction. And it's actually earned equity. 
So our team, uh, we have six amazing, very senior operators who run Tractor, um, and we throw our entire team at the uh, at the people who take a Tractor loan for the first 12 months. And the interesting part about that earned equity is that it vests every month, and if the founder doesn't like us, they can fire us. There's a very big difference between earning equity and buying equity. So, um, you know, so far, the founders who are in the portfolio are absolutely loving the fact that they've got six senior people who are uh, catching up with them uh, weekly or fortnightly, who are on Slack with them, who are helping them solve big problems inside their companies. All right. So take us through maybe by talking about one of those portfolio companies, because you're talking about a, a particular kind of startup that's at a particular point in its growth. So if maybe you could describe by example, we can get a sense of that. Sure. Um, let's talk about our very first investment, um, a company called Team Gauge. So Team Gauge um, is a a platform that helps uh, companies understand what's happening inside their teams and put actions uh, in place and then measure them all the way through. So Team Gauge was actually, um, they did um, uh, Techstars over in Adelaide when it came out and they were, they were they did that, which was an accelerator. Um, at the end of the accelerator, they decided they didn't want to take on venture, although they got a couple of term sheets. And they went off to build a you know profitable, steady growing company. So um, we, they were our very first investment. Uh, ben and Noel happened to be a husband and wife team from, from Adelaide. And um, you know we've helped them with things like hire their chief of staff, uh, help them navigate through hiring their first re- remote person. And it's not all about hiring, but it certainly is around you know our connection and our network being able to um, help out these founders go through uh, and sort of grow. So these companies um, chose us for a particular reason. That is capital to grow across a timeline that's not constrained. So the the challenge we have when you take other people's money that have taken other people's money, uh, you have you compress a timeline. Everything happens has to happen quickly. And you know, there's the old adage in startup land that says, you know, eight out of ten startups fail or nine out of ten, which are young. And the, it's not that eight out of ten startups fail. It's that eight out of 10 startups that took capital that required things to happen in a very short period of time failed. And it's not because they couldn't raise the money. It's only because they couldn't raise more money. So there is a lot of uh, opportunity we see in founders who don't necessarily want to put their company into that binary state. And Tengage was certainly one of them. So they methodically grow at 100% year on year. And like compounding is an amazing thing when you give it a bit of time. So they are they are a really good example of founder, founders that we love. All right. So when you're talking about a loan, sort of you, what's the rough dollar values or are they just very different from startup to startup? No, no, it's not. So um, we will lend three times, up to three times your current monthly revenue. Okay. So, and we need a minimum monthly revenue of 50 grand. So the smallest line we'll do is 150. However, it scales all the way up to literally millions that we have out at the moment on, on individual deals. Um, and the way that works is this. We deploy the capital. There's a three-month holiday where you don't have to do anything. Put it to work. And from month four, we do a 5% top-line revenue share until you return our capital and a fixed agreed upfront multiple. So, And how long does that take? It depends, but it's somewhere between two and a half and three years. So, you know, uh, the interesting part is, is that we bill on realized revenue, not build revenue. So if you do annual, annual upfronts, we sort of realize that over 12 months. And if you have down months, it goes down with it. So the, we've built our product to be as cash flow friendly as possible because you need that cash in the business. You need to be able to deploy it 
and get it to work for you to drive your top line revenue to to grow your business and that's why we've built it the way we have so I just want to ask you one question before we go to break here. This sounds, in some sense, very much like what business banking is supposed to be and never is. Mm -hmm. Is that because business bankers, in some sense, can't evaluate the risk profile of a startup before offering them a loan? Or yes. you've you've nailed it. So you know the way I see it is their inability to evaluate risk is our opportunity. So you know our diligence is not. Um, somebody described us as a very uh, tech-enabled, smart bank branch. You know, when you talk to myself or Jody, our co-founder and COO, our diligence process is getting up inside your zero, understanding your business, taking your forecasts, really understanding what the future looks like, applying a confidence score to them, putting them into our model and spitting out an offer. You know, our terms are a seven-page legal document that have got one page of variables and six page of everybody gets the same. And we can do the whole thing in in days or a week. Um, and the reason being is there is a, I think there's a disconnect between the risk of these type of companies and the ability to service this loan um, and and the type of person can actually evaluate that risk. And that's what our entire team has is, spent is their entire careers doing. So, and you know, I have a particular fascination with neobanks, almost almost all of which, once they've been founded, have either gone away or have been bought, gobbled up by larger banks now. Yep. Is this... Almost, and I'm not saying that you're going to need a banking. Or actually, I should ask you: Do you need a banking license for this? No, we don't. The reason we don't is we don't take deposits. So um, all our all our capital is balance sheet capital. So it's actually mm -hmm. our money that we're lending, nobody else's. Um, and you know that is a subset of our shareholders. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a subset of our shareholders that also provide us even more capital. So you can provide the lending functions of a bank without actually having to have all of the, the regulatory compliance issues that are associated with the bank, which in some for what you're doing is the best of both worlds. Exactly right. So yeah, we're able to be flexible because um, we have you know understanding shareholders and debt providers to us. You're listening to This Week in Startups Australia. We will be right back. Twista Series 9 is proudly sponsored by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. With Squarespace, you can blog, publish content, promote your business, announce upcoming events and special projects, sell products and services of all kinds, and much more. No matter what you need to do online, Squarespace has the answer. They've got beautiful templates by world-class designers along with powerful e-commerce functionality to help you sell from day one. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. Plus, it has built-in SEO, free and secure hosting, and 24-7 award-winning customer support. From websites to online stores, from marketing tools to analytics, Squarespace has what you need to succeed online. Go to squarespace.com twista for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the code twista to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash twista. And we're back on This Week in Startups Australia talking to Tractor Ventures, Matt Allen. Matt, 
You have, as you said at AWS and now at Tractor, you have seen a lot of startups. And the big theme this year that we're asking people to reflect on from their experience is what have you seen as the successful ingredients in a startup? What processes are you looking for? What relationships with your, you know, the customers and the employees, all of that. If you could condense that into a really, really, really just tight injection of wisdom. What can you tell us about what it means to succeed as a startup? Yeah, uh, it is. It is a broad, broad church that one, isn't it? Um, but again, with thinking through my time at Amazon, you know, Amazon spoke about being the Earth's most customer obsessed company. Um, I actually have a slight take on that, and I kind of invert it, and that is when you look after your team. Um, I think customer obsession should be the exhaust of a really focused and aligned team. And I, and I, speaking from my own, you know, experience now at Tractor, who have we have six of us who are in complete alignment. We're all senior people who I don't have to manage. I've just never felt anything like it. So um, there's a combination of I think you know that, and then the alignment of that team. You know, to unpick the nuance of that, there is. Um, really interesting when everyone is aligned on a on a financial level so not just what success looks like for the company but where they are coming in you know co-founders who come from a very different financial status um create a whole bunch of fiction sometimes um so success needs to be uh spoken about on day one it needs to be uh, adjusted for everyone involved and then aligned on 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 the, the sort of short medium and long-term goals so um I think founders who can who actually can talk about sort of short, medium, and long term goals for not just themselves but their team have the best chance of success. Uh, and I think the medium term ones are interesting sometimes because startups are like, "Here's your shitty salary, and we're all going to be rich when our shares all IPO." But there's a lot of stuff in the meantime that you need to really you know, help people get through the bit in the middle. And I, I find that a fascinating topic. How do you get people to think, particularly when they're startup founders, in the medium term? Because that is, you know, people know what they have to get done this week. They know what they're trying to do is, you know, the foundation of the business. But it's that sort of space that's three months out, six months out, that almost every startup founder, you ask them and they're just like, oh, I don't know, I'm going to keep on executing. They don't really have a plan there. Yeah, and it's interesting thinking about plans and forecasts and stuff. You know, running a finance company now, we actually take forecasts. And and I've been on record, and I'll say it again, is, you know, anything beyond column F in the spreadsheet is bullshit, um, which is ironic because I've got a spreadsheet that goes out to like XXAAA, you know. Um, however, um, yeah, medium term in sense is a really, really interesting thought process. Uh, at Tractor, it's interesting. We're going to be running a profitable company ourselves so profit sharing is something that we actually speak about and it, it is enough for, to to keep everybody aligned and to make sure that the, the goals are flowing through the business um you know i would like it if a lot of if more startups are able to sort of think about that about sort of in the medium term uh but yeah it's, it's a it's a challenge that's it's hard to solve when uh when there when there's certainly none of that that to spread around but to come back to the original question you know what a success success is that alignment of the founding team and that next core set of core of people. Um, I haven't actually had too much exposure with enormous teams besides Amazon, um, which is not exactly applicable. Uh, so I think just 
the misalignment, you know, misalignment causes friction and friction starts fire. So um, open comms and being really honest uh, as a, as the first time CEO now at Tractor, um, I'm, I'm just so honest about the things that I don't know and, and can't do. And I think the teams that really accelerate are, are, are led by confident people who are confident in the things that they actually can't take ownership for as well. And I think that's also, again, when you're talking about working on a team of peers, the fact is that if you don't know everything, it's going to be all right, because although they're looking to you to keep the ship running, they all have such enormous experience that they should be able to do some of the heavy lifting where you're like, I don't know how to do this. Exactly right. You know, um, Jody, Jody, um, I've only got two jobs, Mark. One is it to tweet at people and make sure they know who we are and what we do and make sure we don't run out of capital. If I can do those two things, I'm confident <laughs> the rest of the team will be able to get the job done. <laughs> all right. So what kinds of startups, to come back to Tractor Now, what kinds of startups are you looking for? So if someone's listening to this show and they think, well, this is really interesting, what would you want them to be able to present? We already talked about this sort of this monthly run rate of $50,000 yep. uh, as the sort of bare minimum. But but really, can you sort of define it? Is there a tractor style company that you've been able to identify now? Yeah. So um, I'll just sort of rewind to fast forward a little bit. There's two things we don't do. So we're not subprime VC. There's, we are not going to back the people who are running bad businesses. We also don't rescue people. So if you're about to hit the wall, we can't help you. Uh, on the flip side, we actually believe that any technology-enabled company who is who wants to um, have the conversation about the next round of capital in the future, but they're having it today, could use us. So we can help any technology-enabled company create some leverage for the shareholders who are on the cap table today before they put more on there. So if things are going well and you want them to go better, absolutely perfect time to not sell a share today, to grab some very founder-friendly focused uh, debt, uh, use it to drive the company further so that the conversation you're having is swayed your way. That's what we want to do. You know that I'm a founder. I just want my founders to retain more of their company. And ironically, as an investor, nobody wants to invest in a, in a startup that desperately needs their money. They want to invest in a startup that's going well and even going better or you know, a rocket that's taking off and they're trying to grab a hold of it. I want more founders to be in a stronger position to have those conversations with their next set of investors. That's why we built Tractor. All right. All of the systems that we have now for sort of nursing startups and taking them through accelerators and all of this are really geared around the classical forms of VC. Okay, we're getting you ready for seed or we're getting you ready for series A or generally what you'll see. How do we start a conversation that that includes other forms of funding like Tractor in that mix so that a, a founder is not just aware, but the systems are built to be able to sort of guide that founder to that solution if it's appropriate. I think the education and the conversations we're having as the startup ecosystem matures is that a business is made up of different parts and different parts can be funded in different ways. So for instance, if you need to build the next product that's going to take 12 months before it even can generate any revenue, you're going to need some. You're going to need to have people um, aligned with that vision who want to be part of your company. If you've got a part of your business that is generating revenue and you're able to um, put some money into that process and have it some more money fall at the bottom of it, and it's a known process, then you can do these two things in parallel. Um, several of our companies have raised, you know, another angel round, and our 
loan next to it and then they're, they're mentally compartmentalizing the different parts of their business and i can pay some interest on that because it'll pay for itself where this one i need some partners who are going to invest alongside of me so the conversations we're having and if you think about every other business in the world is they use different types of capital for different parts of their businesses i think that that's what we need to do in technologists and it's just up until now you've never been able to you sell a share to get a dollar that dollar does everything what happens if you look backwards the other way and there's different parts of my businesses where I can use different types of dollars to drive them faster. So is this a sign then that the way we're funding businesses in technology after sort of 30 years of really doing it one specific way is now maturing and as a result becoming more diverse? I think so. Um, You know, if you're going to go and chase a large global audience, and not that I believe in winner takes all. I just generally don't believe that is true. But if you're chasing something large um, and you're going toe-to-toe with heavily funded companies, if your definition of success is to be there on the stage with them, you're going to need a lot of capital. I think the amount of people, the amount of businesses especially, that are using technology now to um, help them create their own more efficient businesses Um there's a lot of riches in niches, as the US people say. You know, there you can get to multi-million dollar. In fact, most of our companies, all of our companies in Tractor are multi-million dollar IRR companies servicing servicing um, you know, customers that it look like it might look like a small set of customers, but it's still tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands around the world. Um, and they don't necessarily need millions and millions in the bank to to get the job done. Matt, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on This Week in Startups Australia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. When do I get to co-host next? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, maybe later on in season nine. We'll see. Excellent. Thanks, Mark. Twista is proudly sponsored by Odoo. One of the toughest parts of building a company is choosing which tools and service providers to use. You want to pick the best solution for each department to help your employees succeed because they deserve the best. And you always want to be frugal and not spend too much. There are so many functions in a startup and each space has endless vendors for sales tools, Email marketing, accounting, HR and payroll, project management, customer support, point of sale, e-commerce. It goes on and on. And eventually you end up with a Frankenstack of tools that cost a lot and don't integrate properly. Odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you scale your business. It's simple and modular, so you use what you need. And all of their apps integrate perfectly with each other. Plus, it's all open source, so you can spend capital on talent instead of expensive software. Take your pick from accounting, project management, invoicing, sales, marketing automation, help desk, timesheets, inventory, and much, much more. Your first app is free forever. And right now, Odoo is offering a $1,000 credit on your first implementation pack. That's not a joke. Take $1,000 off. Go to odoo.com slash twista to check it out. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash Twista. (music) 
there is riches in niches. It's a beautiful line from Matt Allen, and it allows us to really start to think about what a startup is. What a startup is, is it's not one size fits all. Not all startups are Canva, and not all startups are Autodesk, and not all startups are Apple. Every startup is very different. And what we're starting to see now is that we're starting to understand this, and we're actually starting to build all of the support systems that will allow us to support a very diverse community of businesses. These are things that probably we should have started building 30 years ago when startups started to becoming a major part of the technology landscape. Now, I remember when I started working in startups, when I did my first real startup, which was in the early 90s. It was a virtual reality startup. And the path that was laid out was there were a few large Silicon Valley VC firms and you could go and you could pitch them and they might give you some money and you'd get on the roadmap. And I have friends who got their businesses funded by Kleiner Perkins, which was the gold standard back then. And again, as soon as they get that money, their businesses need to be run a particular way to get a certain kind of return because they have a responsibility for the money that was loaned or basically given to them by the VCs who were holding it for other people's money. So there's a whole chain of correspondence there, a whole chain of responsibility. And the more of that money you take, the more of your own responsibility actually becomes delegated to someone else. And the saddest thing to see is a founder who is cashed up and desperately unhappy because the company they started is not the company they wanted. I also saw this with some companies in this crop of modern VR. So back about five years ago, there were a bunch of companies coming out of Los Angeles that were doing amazing work in virtual reality and suddenly got a lot of attention because VR was hot and got funded to the tune of tens of millions of dollars and were forced to produce products for the market that weren't really what they were trying to do. They were trying to do things that were completely revolutionary. They had an inside track on that, but they needed time and they needed to not be under pressure. And they didn't have those things. So these companies basically exploded on the launch pad. And again, when you put a lot of rocket fuel into the tank, that's the kind of thing that can happen. We do have ideas about what constitutes achievement in startup land. And part of that is securing the deal with the best VCs and growing like mad and then the IPO and the champagne and all of that. And it's not that that's a bad idea, but it is extremely rare just in terms of the overall number of startups out there. But if we can actually find a middle path – which is where the startup is not choked for oxygen, but is also not being overfed on rocket fuel. That's the path that actually allows the startup to find itself, to find not just product market fit, which is important and a way to really get in connection with your customers, not just product market fit, but in fact, to find itself in its own fit so that it's growing fast enough, but not too fast and it's growing in the way that it wants to so that it can realize for itself what it sees as its vision. And that's, of course, not just something corporate, but it's something that's embodied by everyone inside the company. And 
If we can think about that, if we can now think about startups as not a giant hype machine to bring young people in and to work them really hard on amazing ideas and then spit them out again, but as something that becomes much more intrinsic and that the systems that are around it to support it are really around supporting the people and the businesses over a long term, over a slow burn rather than a rocket ship then what we're going to see are more successful startups, more successful founders, more successful investors, and just a better economy all around. It is taking 30 years for us to finally learn this lesson. But it feels as though, particularly with Tractor and other new firms like this, we're starting to understand that sometimes slow is beautiful. You're listening to This Week in Startups Australia. We'll be right back. Hi, Mark Pesci here with a few words about Series 9 sponsor, User Testing. Are you launching a new product, developing a new prototype, rolling out a new campaign? User testing lets you see, hear, and talk to your customers to understand how they experience your brand, your product, and your services. Put yourself in your customer's shoes with real-time video feedback from user testing. The user testing human insight platform allows you to target your exact audience, ask them any question, or give them a task to perform. It's a tech platform that connects brands with their target audiences to get feedback on any experience. Testers can get paid $10 for their time. And these users aren't doing it to get rich. They're doing it because they really want to help make your products and services better. Watch, listen, and observe the reactions so that you can connect the dots and keep improving. You'll get feedback within hours and strengthen your relationships with your customers. Request your free trial at usertesting.com twista and get the fast human insights you need to make more informed business decisions at scale. Matt Allen had to say about success is really telling. He has seen so many companies that he's understood that success is a shared vision. It is not just one founder's idea or one founder's ideal. It's something that is agreed to, and it's agreed to from the start. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't evolve, and it doesn't mean that it's not a constant context of conversation. But it does mean that there is agreement at the beginning among the founders about what success is. And it also means that as the founders then bring their team on, that the success for the company is something that is also clearly communicated to them. That success is something that emerges, not just from that initial vision, but from the interactions of everyone in that core team. Now, my own experience is that the time I saw this work best was when. 30 years ago, I was working at a company called Shiva and the two founders, Dan and Frank, they had a really clear idea of success and they were very clear with the team and very open and very honest. And I was very lucky to be a part of that team, one of the first engineers, and really being taken on the journey into success with them. 
this is how I saw it working. And this is how I think it needs to be working in a successful startup. Big thanks to Twista sponsors, User Testing, Squarespace, and Odoo. Thanks to our production partners at UTS Startups for their assistance. Thanks to Matt Allen for taking the time to come onto our show. Come visit our website at twistartupsaus.com. It has got everything. It's got all the shows, all the interviews, all the photos, and all the links to all the stories. So check it out at twistartupsaus.com. We'll be back in a fortnight with Twista's first dive into deep tech and the future of food. Until then, this is Mark Pesci thanking you for listening to This Week in Startups Australia.